this is the American caffeine and that what an opportunity that must be. And then you learn that we're importing into this country basically 250,000 tons of tea from other places every year. And we're consuming that and then immediately discarding it. So it's a huge sustainability enterprise too. And then uh, once we learned more about the ethnobotanical heritage of Yopan and how indigenous people have consumed it, continue to consume it to this day, and then realizing that the main reason why Yopan has been forgotten by most people in America is a direct consequence of the erasure of indigenous culture. Welcome to the Wild Herbs Podcast, where we unpack and uncover the healing properties of wild herbs so you can heal naturally with the plants beneath your feet. I am your host, April Ponsalon, wild untamed plant lady, also a botanist and ethnobotanist and herbalist dedicated to teaching you how to heal with plants. If you want to learn edible and medicinal plants, you are in the right place, my friend. Today, I am super pumped because you get to hear from Brian White, one of the souls responsible for bringing Yopan tea back to the surface after nearly being forgotten for thousands of years. So welcome, Brian, to the Wild Herb Podcast. I'm really excited that we get to talk about Yopan, all things Yopan today with the listeners. So thank you for your time. Hey, thanks, April. I'm excited to be here. So can you tell us when you first realized that Yopan, this plant was going to change your life? I I think that happened for me after I stumbled on it. So it was growing across the street from, from the house that I grew up in, which is in East Central Florida, right along the Atlantic coast. And I was I, like you, I'm a plant nerd. So I'm like into plants and I'm always wanting to learn more about them, especially native plant species. And I've, I've stumbled on the Yopon. I didn't even know what it was. I thought it was a, a pretty cool tree that had a lot of merit, you know, whether in the garden or otherwise. And I started doing some research on it. And that's when I, you know, stumbled on the information that Yopon is the only indigenous source of caffeine in North America. And I think that's when something just clicked in my mind uh, when I was like, wow, why is this not a thing? You know, why are people not drinking this stuff all the time. And I thought, well, it must taste pretty bad or, you know, somebody would have done something with it already. And you know, upon just experimenting and making recipes and forcing them on all my friends and relatives and seeing how they responded to it, I just, I just realized over time that there was no good reason why people were not drinking Yopan. It just had been forgotten. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that in my view. But um, yeah, that's when it clicked. I just realized that it was this once in a lifetime opportunity to uh, restore this plant back to its rightful place at the cornerstone of our, our civilization. I'm glad you stumbled upon it. So you were experimenting and making different teas and getting your family to try it? So I found some videos on YouTube. And of course, this is like 12 years ago. I mean, it's been a while, but People, I, I didn't discover Yopan. I mean, obviously, people have known about it for thousands of years, and hobbyists, really, or naturalists were experimenting with it and doing some stuff with the tea, and they were gracious and kind enough to put their knowledge out there in the public domain. 
And I found some videos on YouTube, people making the tea. And I just used those as a basis to get started. And, and I started making some at home and getting people to try it. And much to my delight, everybody, everybody liked it. Did you fire roast it the first time you tried to make it? I like, I like roasted it in a pan. So funny thing is I was a ocean rescue lifeguard at the time. So I was like working on the beach and I was in the lifeguard station and I found some, you know, you know that it'll grow right up to the dune line. I mean, it's very salt tolerant. Yeah. So I found stuff growing uh, near the beach and I just grabbed some leaves and I just kind of fried them up in a pan and just browned them. And that's the first time that I made Yopon. Of course, we don't do it like that anymore. But yeah, that was probably the first round pass at uh, processing Yopon tea. So the first people to try it were other lifeguards and then expanded on onto my family and friends. And then eventually in about my brother Kyle and I launched the first to my knowledge, the first commercially available Yopon product in more than 100 years. And it's sort of been growing ever since. That is amazing. And I have to give a shout out to Yopon Brothers because y'all are by far my favorite Yopon tea company. And I think you are one of the main people that were responsible for bringing you and your brother, Kyle, bringing Yopon back to the market. So thank you for that. Been fun. Yes, you've done a phenomenal job. Y'all have done a phenomenal job. And so what was it about Yopon? Would you think it was the fact that it was caffeinated or that it had health benefits that made you want to be like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to form a business or we're going to, we're going to get this back on the market. What about Yopon gave you the drive to really push Yopon Brothers forward? It happened in stages and it evolved with our understanding of the opportunity and of the plant itself, which has changed over time. When it, when we first got started, I think the caffeine was the big thing where we were just like, wow, this is it. And feeling like, okay, we're non-indigenous. My brother and I are, are white dudes. But knowing that this plant is such an important part of the social and historical fabric of, yes, America, but so much longer before America was even a thing. And it's like, this should be, a, this should come back. This is such an important part of history and remains such an important plant, medicine, food, stimulant for indigenous people today that it, it creates so many opportunities for us, both economically and socially and culturally, that it's become very much an obligation that we feel to bring this plant back whilst telling the story in the most appropriate manner. Telling the truth, putting it out there for people to really understand because this is something that belongs to everyone. It's an opportunity that, that I, I believe, of course I'm biased, but I think it's gonna be a defining feature of our generation and our time is the restoration of this ancient, wellness inducing beverage back into mainstream American culture. Definitely. When I was first working with Yopon, I thought, gosh, I feel like the fact that more people know about Herba Mate than Yopon is a sign of how disconnected we are and how important, how it's such a sacred indigenous herb and not that many people know is a sign of how disconnected we are to indigenous culture in this country. And they were forced not to have their ceremonies with the plant and not to practice with the plant. And that probably caused a lot of the knowledge to be erased or forgotten. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like with Yerba Mate in South America, 
when the Spanish colonized South America in many ways, they, they did lots of messed up things to indigenous people too, terrible things, but the cultural connections were not entirely severed. There was a lot of intermarriage, a lot of, of, of mixture of these cultures coming together, which in many ways preserved some elements of indigenous culture. Whereas in America, we adopted a policy of wholesale genocide and extirpation of native people from their homelands. And most of these cultures did not have a written language. So when you remove them from where the plant grows and one or two generations go by, it isn't long before all of this knowledge is totally lost. And that's the real, in my mind, the real enduring tragedy that all of America is suffering from today is, yeah, we committed genocide against indigenous people. We forced them from their homeland, but also we deprived ourselves as a society of all of this ancient wisdom and knowledge that would have made it a much better place. And now we don't know what to think about it because the, the nothing was written down and everything that was written down was mostly written down by the oppressor. And to me, like rediscovering Yopan and humans, humanity's relationship with it, not to mention all of the opportunities it, pre it presents to farmers and for economic development. It's just, it's time. It's really time to think about indigenous food systems and why we don't have them. And I'm a capitalist. Like, I don't look at it as a passion project purely. It's a business proposition. But in that, I mean to say that we can use these plants to create products that people actually want to use and they actually want to buy. And that's not all about novelty. It's about really flipping the script on America's food system, which is fundamentally flawed. There's a lot to unpack there, but that's a good place to start, I think. Yes, definitely. And the fact that you have Yopon tea on the shelves, people pick it up and be like, hmm, what is Yopon? And then you have the story about how this is an, a sacred indigenous plant. And so that is building awareness just by having the product on the shelf. If you can turn one consumer that drinks green tea or black tea into predominantly Yopon tea drinker, then you're also creating more sustainability, more conscious awareness. And so it is a win-win. And plus, you give back to indigenous cultures and you, something that really stood in my mind, I don't know if you are still working with the Creek indigenous people, but you were helping them process Yopon. Yeah, way back in the beginning, we were providing some Yopon to the Muscogee Nation for ceremonial use. And we still do that. So any, any indigenous organization or government entity or group affiliated group that wants from us for ceremonial use, we just give it to them. Secondly, we are distributed by a lot of indigenous networks. So one of our main distributors is Sweetgrass Trading, which is owned by the Winnebago tribe of Nebraska. And then, of course, we sell to native-owned enterprises all over America. So we're not an indigenous-owned business, but we try to work with indigenous organizations as much as we possibly can. Whether that's in a business relationship or a philanthropic way, we're open to any and all things to restore the interaction of indigenous people with this plant. You know, it belongs to all of us, but it belonged to indigenous people first. And mm -hmm. I think there's something that needs to be said about 
restoring that relationship as much as we possibly can. Definitely. And you're giving back 5%. So if you listening by Yopan tea, 5% of the sales goes back to indigenous communities. We have a longstanding relationship with Natives, which is the North American Traditional Indigenous Food Systems uh, charity that was started by Sean Sherman, who was also known as the Sioux Chef. So mm-hmm. we've been him for a long time. Of course, now he's gotten so popular that our support pales in comparison to all the other cool stuff that he's doing. But he actually opened a restaurant in Minneapolis called Awamni, which is totally Indigenous menu. So everything on the menu has been sourced from indigenous plants and animals. So there's no alcohol, there's no sugar, things that we've become very accustomed to that are actually imported non-native ingredients. You won't find that at Awamni, but you'll still find delicious and really incredible food. So that's exciting development is sort of his work to, to rebuild indigenous cuisine. Have you been there? Did you get a chance to go yet? No, unfortunately, I have not been yet. It's on my list, though. Yeah, maybe that's 2024 list. I know. I, I've been trying for a couple of years, and I, I had it on the, the calendar, and then COVID, like for everybody, kind of messed up everything, and I just have never gotten back to it. Have different Indigenous communities reached out to you or nations and learned how to use Yopan in a ceremonial way? Have you, you think Yopon Brothers has created more interest within even the indigenous communities about this plant? Yeah, I mean, we try our best to not ever force it on anyone or dictate to indigenous organizations like what they should be doing. It's mm-hmm. not our to do that. What we try to be is just a resource that is available for them whenever and however they need it. So yeah, we do. We've had a lot of indigenous owned, native owned organizations reach out to us. And a lot of those contacts have developed into long-standing partnerships and uh, with the distributors that's another one we sell to a lot of native-owned casino gift shops for instance and we sell to the Seminole tribe of Florida for their enterprises where they sell it in their museums and their gift operations and and that's been really fun to see that evolve it's like you know they they want to do business with us and they want to support the product which means a lot to us that's happening Yes, I think that speaks volumes about how y'all have done a good job um, and including the indigenous people in your growth and and the business. Um, That's a beautiful thing when your product can be sold. Different indigenous nations, that's amazing. So you have obviously done an amazing job getting Yopan tea on the market. It's even in Whole Foods now, which is my favorite place to shop. Has the market or has the demand for Yopan increased or do you think more people in the public are becoming aware of it? Yes. For instance, in Whole Foods, Yopan in general, not just Yopan Brothers, but Yopan in general was the number one food trend in 2023 at Whole Foods Market, period. Number one. And Yopan Brothers was selected as the face of that trend. But what they were referring to is the whole industry being an, an upcoming thing that people want. So yes, I think demand is increasing rapidly. And I also think that people are becoming more aware of what Yopan is and why they should be interested in consuming it. We still have a lot of work to do. There's still more people that don't know what Yopan is than people who do. But when we got started back in 2012, it was basically totally unknown. You had to educate every potential customer every time. 
And now it doesn't matter where we are in America or even in the world, we run across people who have heard of Yopon and know what it is. So that's that's amazing work done not just by us at Yopon Brothers, but also by the entire industry. We have a nonprofit called the American Yopon Association that basically every Yopon producer is is a member of. And, and all of those folks have done a lot of work to increase awareness around this plant. So I'm grateful that the industry is run by like-minded individuals who have very similar values. Yes, I'm glad to hear that it was the trending product in 2023 for Whole Foods. Shout out to Whole Foods. So me and you connected many years ago. Well, not many, maybe, what was it, like in 2020? <laughs> Four years ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. And I, Yopon is kind of, I don't know, opened the door for me being a teacher and Wild Herb Academy and the whole thing in this podcast, you could say everything, right? It was Yopon because like you, I was like, oh my gosh, this plant. And I made the tea and I'm drinking the tea and I'm writing about the plant and I'm getting this amazing energy and this amazing um, feeling in my body. And I'm just thinking, why aren't people drinking this. And so I was like, okay, I have to sell the tea. I have to make this available. And I would go out and forage it and dry it and process it. And it was so much work that there was no way being a working mother, because I was still a botanist for US Fish and Wildlife Service and a mother that I could do it. And so I called Brian and Brian, you gave me some Yopon wholesale. And so I was able to take Yopon Brothers and take it to the market, the green, I would always get the green, Yopon green, which I highly recommend. And I crafted the tea blends. And I remember being at the market and people would come up, you know, and buy the tea. And I'd say, have you ever heard of Yopon? And they'd be like, out of 10 people, nine people hadn't heard of Yopon. And then the one person that had heard of Yopon, half of it was just like, they knew of the plant. They were a naturalist. They knew of the plant. And the other half actually knew the whole story of the plant. And so I was taken back by that. And then I started, comp then my, my next question after, have you heard of Yopon is always, have you heard of Herba Mate? And now those 10 people, five would have heard of Herba Mate and they were drinking it. And so I'm like, okay, there's definitely this disconnect, right? We're importing more Herba Mate and Herba Mate's closest relative is Yopon. One of its closest relatives is Yopon. So anyway, so then that's the, I realized then that I like to teach more than I like to actually sell the tea. And so then that's when the school started. But anyway, I really appreciate you being there for me when I first started. So thank you for that. And yeah, I, I was kind of, I was, I was driven by the same reason you were like, oh my gosh, this amazing plant. The story has to be told. Everyone has to drink this tea. Everyone right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and we want it to happen fast. We get impatient. We're like, why does anybody know Yopon? Everybody knows what your mate is. And then I, I've come to realize over time that 20 years ago, nobody knew what your mate was either. And it's been a very expensive and concerted effort for people in that industry to increase the awareness around it. And, and the same is going to be true for Yopon. You know, we're never, we're not going to do this overnight. It's going to be a, a generational change, but I feel good about the progress we're making and I feel like it's real. This is not a trend. This is not something that is going to be a flash in the pan. This is a cultural awakening for American farmers, American consumers, and everyone to realize that there's a better way to do things. And Yopon is a, a symptom of that.
in my mind. Mm, yeah. Building conscious awareness. I do think that there's this returning to the land and rewilding that's happening in the nation, which I love and across the world, really across the world and turning to indigenous cultures and indigenous knowledge. I know you've done a ton of research and you know this plant through and through and you've dedicated your life to this plant. Can you tell the listeners about some of the health benefits of Yopon? Because there's so many. So I want to hear which ones really stand out for you and what you've learned by working with this plant. Yeah, certainly. So one of the coolest things for me is I'm a caffeine junkie. I consume probably hundreds and hundreds of milligrams of caffeine a day, which say what you want about that. I think people that consume a lot of caffeine know that it's not all the same. The plants that that produce it, they produce other compounds as well that have a different impact on us, on our on our physiology, on our on our mental state. And Yopon's caffeine to theobromine ratio is very interesting. Theobromine being another cortical stimulant, you know, another another alkaloid that does a lot of the same things that caffeine does, but in a much gentler fashion. So theobromine is well known in, in a component of chocolate that makes you, it's like one of the things that makes you feel nice when you eat chocolate. And Yopan has that in a much higher ratio compared to its caffeine content than say coffee or Camellia sinensis does. So what that does is it makes us feel different than we would feel from drinking coffee or tea. And for most people, it means a much gentler, ethereal, energy boost that tends to be more mental than physical. So no jitters, no crash. It's just a nice kind of rolling boost for most of us. And and for me, like when I get up in the morning, I'll have a couple cups of coffee, for instance, because I, I, I like coffee. And I think one of the, the popular things I encounter is like, wow, you still drink coffee? And I'm like, well, yeah, why not? I mean, you don't have to <laughs> coffee in order to enjoy Yopan. But for me, I have a couple cups of coffee in, in the morning but I don't want to drink coffee all day. You know, I mean, that's just going to make me feel crazy. And it makes me like smell like coffee, which I can't stand. So with Yopan, I can drink it all day long. And I don't have uh, the negative effects that I might have from coffee or, or too much strong tea or, or even Yerba Mate for that matter. So in addition to that, Yopan's are a very rich source of antioxidants, which, you know, there's so many in the plant that it's, it's almost hard to talk about them specifically. But a lot of research has been done both by the University of Florida and Texas A&M University on the various health impacts and, and maybe even anti-cancer properties of Yopan, especially in the digestive system. So, of course, us being a food product, we don't make any health claims like that. But we do point people in the direction of that data in case they're interested in learning more about it. You know, one of the coolest things about Yopan for me is the fact that it has a very, very low tannin content compared to tea. So a lot of people that drink tea and then drink yopon are like wow this has a very mellow like mild taste but that's because they're looking for that bitterness and astringency that they get from tea and yopon just doesn't have that because the tannin content is very low which also means it won't make your stomach upset it won't stain your clothes or your teeth and it also means that you can steep it over and over and over again it will never get that nasty bitter taste that sometimes tea can get when it's oversteeped so all of those things to me are very very interesting health benefits that Yopan conveys. So yeah, it's excellent. I mean, and, and, you know, another thing too, is that tea, Camellia sinensis has a high oxalate content, which in some mm. people, kidney stones and Yopan doesn't have that either. 
So there's really no downside to drinking Yopon that we know of. It's just upside. It makes you feel good. It's Even if you have caffeine sensitivity, it's not usually overpowering for people. Mm. Or some people have really intense caffeine sensitivity, so they should probably avoid it. But yeah. I always recommend that you try it and see how it impacts you because most people have really good things to say about it. I'll never forget my first cup of Yopon tea. I was just like, what? I felt so good. I unfortunately now have caffeine sensitivity and I was in complete denial for the longest time. And I had to take myself off a tea and coffee, first coffee, then black tea, and then green tea. And Yopan I can do every once in a while. But this morning, I drank a cup of green tea with Jasmine and it just rocked my whole urinary system. And I was like, dang it, I really can't do this anymore. And so it is interesting that some people, we just are, it almost seems like a caffeine allergy that I have now, which really sucks because I really enjoy it. But anyway, when I was, I love doing research. And like you said, I'm a plant geek like you. And so I'm going deep and deep with Yopan and saponins. And I was just taken back by the amount of saponins this plant has. And how when you rinse out a cup, like if you brew Yopon tea and then you rinse out the cup, all those suds that form. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I didn't. I almost forgot about it. So thanks for bringing that up. But it, even if, if you take a cup of Yopon, like fill the cup halfway and agitate it. Like sometimes you can use one of those little battery operated frothers or um, a fork or a spoon, just very great or whisk. And you can beat this head out of Yopon that is really wild because it stays there for like ever. I mean, it doesn't go down and it does have this really foamy habit. If you shake it up or agitate it. And, and interesting, that was something that was really important to the Timucua here in Florida in their ritual preparation of Yopan. They really like to get it good and foamy as part of the, the ritual or the ceremony. So it's a really interesting component of Yopan that has been well known throughout history and uh, yeah tea doesn't do that not in the same way so that is a really cool component of yopon that most other types of tea don't have yeah I, I was reading too that it has a really long shelf life because of that like one of the longest shelf lives compared to green tea or black tea which is the same plant just prepared differently but that yopon had more saponins compared to other plants i don't remember if herba mate was in there I know the study you're referencing, and and it was around packaging. I think. Yeah. Um. So you know, we're not a big fan of plastic, single-use plastics. Like our packaging at Yopan Brothers is completely compostable, at least commercially compostable. So 100%. But a lot of things are packaged in plastic, which is a fact of life, right? It's a food safety thing some of the time. And Yopan was the only tea that they tested that its vitality or its nutrient value was not degraded by a prolonged exposure to PET plastics. Whereas mm -hmm. tea and coffee, the vigor of those those health benefits degraded over time when they were exposed to those materials. And Yopan didn't. So that's another really interesting thing. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it has that resiliency. And I guess yeah. too, with it being a coastal plant and being able to be exposed to the salt air and the salt aerosols and the sun and the wind and all those things. And I guess uh, the saponins, is that the part, the phytochemical that makes it anti-cancer for colon cancer? Because I was reading that too, that it was the respiratory and colon that it could help reduce the risk. Yeah, I, I think, I don't really know off the top of my head, but I do believe that that, that had something to do with it. Yeah, the colon and the respiratory. 
which I guess it would be the Sapinins. But anyhow, yeah, the Yopon for you listening is amazing and packed with so many health benefits. So if you're not allergic to caffeine or really sensitive, I highly recommend trying Yopon Brothers. And I feel like too, for anyone that lives in the Southeast, foraging and making your own cup of Yopon tea is a must do because it's yeah. really, it's a lot of fun. Supportive of that, I would say. Like, we don't have anything against people trying to make their own and forge their own Yopon. Matter of fact, we've produced content and videos uh, that are, you can find them on YouTube that will actually show you how to do it. Most people try it and they realize that it's a lot of work. And then they're like, okay, well, it was fun, but I'm going to get mine from Yopon Brothers or Cat Spring Yopon or one of the other companies instead of doing this myself all the time. Uh, but it is a really fun thing to do, and it's a great learning experience. And some people do stick with it. Some people just choose to forage their Yopon all the time, which is cool. That is cool. So, But your Yopon, going back to your Yopon, it's such good quality. I could never get my Yopon to taste like your Yopon. But I, I remember talking to you and asking you about your process and what was it that made your Yopon so good. Um, can you tell the listeners about what is it about the processing of Yopon Brothers that makes your tea really high quality? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that a lot of it comes down to patience. A lot of people, when they process Yopon, they want to apply heat. They want to roast the leaves or dry them out in the oven. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot faster. It's a lot less labor intensive. But it produces, in my opinion, a inferior product to tea that is dried over time, not using heat. So whereas someone else might just roast it in the oven and it might take a few hours to dry it out or even less, our tea takes three to four days to be totally cured before we do apply a little bit of heat just to kind of eke out that last bit of moisture. I think that makes a huge difference, right? So indigenous cultures here in Florida did it much of the same way. They didn't have ovens to dry out tea. So they would either dry the leaves out over a long period of time, or they would fire roast them uh, and parch the leaves and bring them to a smoke point, of which we do both. And our fire roasted leaves are actually dried first. So they still get that treatment. All the leaves get that initial treatment of very gentle drying. It's not a shock. It's a slow process, a low and slow process like barbecue. And I don't know if that's a good analogy, but I do think <laughs> it's a secret to what we do in addition to that being a completely certified organic supply chain from the ground up, we have tremendous control over our leaf supply, which gives us the ability to determine that they're all high quality and that they're all up to our standards, which I think makes a, a big difference too. I did not know that you dried the roasted first, but that makes sense. I applaud you for still doing the roasted because I feel like that is a more labor-intensive process, especially when you're selling something commercially. It is. And our fire-roasted Yopon, just on Amazon alone, we sell thousands of units of that product a month. And it's our most popular selling product on Amazon. I don't really know why that is, but it is. And, and regardless of the fact that we sell a tremendous quantity of this we still roast the leaves in small batch over open flame every time. Can you send me a picture? <laughs> Can you send me a picture of someone roasting it? I want to share. Yeah, I'll send you a picture of Ruby. So we have an employee. His name's Ruby. 
and he's our roast master. Uh-huh. And he, I think one of the cool things about this is that he also has a coffee company where he roasts his own beans. So he's like just really into roasting stuff. He's a perfectionist with it. And wow. he's, got this big, he's got this big, long, like lustrous beard. And he just gets over that cauldron with a stirring stick and just goes at it. And all the smoke is billowing out. It's, he looks like a wizard. It's the coolest thing. I'll definitely I send you it. it. Yeah, I would love to see a picture of that. Thank you for sharing that. So the fire roasted, for those of you listening, is a robust flavor. It's amazing. I do love it. I could see why people are buying that up. And it has, does it have a stronger caffeine content? Because I feel like that hit me harder than the green. Yeah, I mean, no, it doesn't. So there was the belief for a long time that it did have mm-hmm. more, but it just doesn't really make sense because heat pretty much degrades things. It doesn't matter what they are. So upon testing those leaves for caffeine content, it actually has very slightly less caffeine than the green does. But wow. Dead for fire roasting because the same for the same reason you roast coffee roasting the leaves makes the caffeine more readily soluble mm. so not more of it but your body can absorb it more readily so that's mm. probably the reason why it might you might have felt it a little bit more yeah i definitely did i definitely did but i did like it a lot and for people that have never tried yopan which tea blend do you recommend yopan brothers of course I, I love them all because I made them all, so hard for me to choose. But I think there's a little bit of, of something for everyone. The green is just amazing, and that will give you like the true taste of Yopan. So our American green is just organic green Yopan. There's nothing added. There's very little processing. It's a very clean, pure, natural product. The fire roasted is very similar, but it has just a tiny bit of smokiness. I mean, April, you've tried it. It's not overly powerful. You know, it doesn't have like an overly smoky taste. It's It's very a light smoky essence to it. Uh, and those are all fire roasted over an open flame. We have our Florida chai, which is very popular. So that's green yopon with cardamom, cinnamon, peppercorn, clove. Um, it's delicious. And it's just like a masala chai, but again, mild because it's made with yopon. And then we have our lavender coconut, which is a very unusual flavor, but it's one of our most popular and it was uh, selected this year as an editor's pick by Bon Appetit magazine. And wow. our, our Lavender Coconut also won a Made in the South Award for Sustainability from Garden and Gun magazine this year. So that, that one has great. Got, yeah, that one's got a lot of excellent press and it's very popular. And I think it's delicious, especially as an iced tea. Then we have our Revive Mint, which is just Yopon and Peppermint. That one has the least amount of caffeine. Because it's half peppermint, it has naturally half the amount of caffeine as most of our other blends. First, you guys are among the first to know, but this spring we are releasing a new flavor Ooh. to the market, and it is a spiced peach. Ooh. So it's going to be delicious. Yeah. Yes, that's actually my favorite Yopon tea. Is is Yopon with peaches and cinnamon? That's what this has. Yep. It's peach and cinnamon and yopon and that's it. Yeah. I mean, it is hands down like whew, the best. I haven't tried yours yet, but I would love to try it. I will definitely have to order some when you release it. And I'm excited about that because when I, I was making it last summer and I would like give it to construction workers on the street. It was so good. I like how to give it to everybody and especially ice with honey. Oh, uh, yeah. Yopon and peaches just... They go hand in hand together like best friends. That's the stuff. Well, congratulations. That is so awesome. 
Thank you. Thank you so uh, much. You're welcome. And so when it comes to foraging yopon, there was a belief for a long time that you could not forage the leaves from females when they were fruiting, right? Because mm -hmm. the yopon fruit is poisonous or it's not edible. But is that true? Because someone told me that that's when they like to forage yopon and make the tea is from fruiting females. And she was in Texas. And so I would love to hear from you because you have so many years working with yopon. Is there a particular, the male or the female that you should forage or is there one that you shouldn't forage? I can tell you that we do not, we do not discern a difference between male and female trees. We've had them both tested at various times of year and there is very little difference in the amount of caffeine from one plant to the other in terms of a male and a female plant. What does make a difference is the time of year and also the weather. And I would say it's probably likely that female trees that are fruiting might have a little bit less caffeine than male trees, just for the reason that they are focusing more of their energy on producing that fruit than they are in producing those secondary metabolites like caffeine. So they're not going to produce caffeine unless all their other needs are met. So their needs are being met elsewhere if they're producing a lot of fruit. And then we've seen cold temperatures and slower growth rates in winter, especially in the northern climates, the northern extent of the range of Yopan, pretty drastically affect the caffeine content, actually. So if you're in, wow. like, if you're in like North Texas or Virginia or somewhere where it gets quite a bit colder than in Florida or in the coast of Carolinas, you probably will see a significantly reduced caffeine content during the colder time of year. And that's just because the tree has slowed down. It's not really growing too much. It's not spending energy on creating anything. Definitely not caffeine. So that, that is something to consider. And here in Florida, it's less of a problem because we have a, a generally uh, robust growing season all year long. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. It makes me wonder if I should be foraging in the winter. <laughs> Maybe I could drink yeah. winter yopon. Um, Definitely. I, you might want to try that. And then also another thing to consider, April, is caffeine is one of the first things to, to come out and hot to be diffused into hot water. Uh -huh. So because yopon can be steeped several times, you steep it once. Most of the caffeine comes out in that first steep. You can just dump that out and steep it again. And, and most of the time, that second steep will have very little caffeine in it. Oh, I should try that because if it didn't have caffeine and it didn't have the tannins, my, it probably wouldn't hurt my bladder. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it has none, but it right. will, it have far, far less, maybe even none. I'm going to try that. And you know, it's so funny because when I did the green tea this morning, I knew I was being bad first off because I knew I shouldn't drink it, but I just, I'm finishing up a book. So I was like, I'm, I can do this. <laughs> anyway, I, I was thinking about how in China, a lot of times, right. They, they do the first pour and they pour it out. So yeah. they're like, and I thought there's probably something to that health wise. And then also I didn't steep it that long. I only steeped it for three minutes, which I used to go a lot longer because I love the tannins, but now I realize too, the tannins are bad for my bladder. But anyway, enough about my bladder. It is very finicky and I would love to be able to drink Yopon tea and not have to have pain. So I'll have to try that. Um, yeah. Before we wrap up, I would love to ask you a question because I feel like you have so much experience as being a young entrepreneur or established entrepreneur, and you started when you were young and you've definitely, you and Kyle have turned Yopan and 
brothers into a wonderful company. Do you have any advice that you could give young entrepreneurs who want to sell tea or herbs? Oh boy. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that there's some advice that works for all entrepreneurs, regardless of what they want to do. And, the, and this probably has changed over time, like my belief in these things. And there's a lot of noise out there for entrepreneurs. But I think one thing I'll say is it's really, really hard. It's maybe the hardest thing you could ever do is starting up your own business, especially if you want to scale it and make it something really big and, and change making. And for people that have that in mind, I would just say develop a really intense tenacity, like really thick skin. Mm -hmm. Don't take no for an answer. I mean, if you know what you want to do with your business and your life, then just get out there and do it. And we learn these things by doing them. So, mm -hmm. you know, taking a crash course, reading a bunch of self-help books, sitting in on seminars, taking college classes, entrepreneurship. I'm not going to say it's a waste of time. I'm not going to say don't do it. But I am going to say you won't learn this by any other way other than getting out there and doing it and making mistakes and not giving up. I mean, one of the old tropes that I hear a lot about in entrepreneurship that I think is actually true is that there are no losers, there are just quitters. And mm. something really to be said for that is don't be a quitter, just get out there and do it, make mistakes and get up and dust yourself off and learn from them and keep going. I love that. There are no losers, there are only quitters. Yeah, you're right. It is, it's a lot of work and you definitely a have the tenacity. Yeah. Y'all have had yep. definitely, you built a team, you know, you started from the ground up, you started from foraging, testing it out on your family. To, I know you were working with uh, Table Rock Tea Company because you were kind enough to share that with me and kind of that process of how you started. And I love that. I love how you grew organically and you are building and expanding and you didn't quit. So thank you for that. And thank you for that advice. Oh, you're welcome. Hopefully it's useful. Definitely useful. I think every entrepreneur can, you know, needs to hear that again and again, no matter what stage they're at, right? <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, because every stage is just like a new level of hard. It's like you get comfortable in your own skin, you get used to what you're doing, and then you grow, or you make some headway, and then you're in another level. It's like playing a video game. And now you like, you don't know how to win. You don't know who the boss is. You don't know the the obstacles that lie ahead. And, you, and it's a constant learning process. And there are always failures and successes. And we just got to keep our head down and just keep going forward. And really good things tend to happen with that mindset. Mm, you're so right. Yeah, you got to keep moving forward. And yeah, every stage has different obstacles. I love the video game analogy. Yeah, my goal this year is to grow the team, like have a team. Like I'm so tired of it just being me. And I don't necessarily have the funds to grow a team, but I think I have to get creative. And like you said, like I have to just put my head down and figure out how to grow a team so that's what I'll be working on. So you have exciting news because you are growing. And so can you share your exciting news with the listeners? Yes, I'm going to just tease you with a little bit of information. I can't give away the full extent yet, but okay. um, what I say is that our company is growing and we are expanding to new locations. And we have been working with farmers now for a few years. We started propagating our own trees and distributing those around to far farmers throughout the South. And in the last two years or so, we've, we've propagated about a quarter million yopon trees, which is a huge milestone for us. But one thing we have not done is our own farming operation. So our family, 
Kyle and I and, and my mom have purchased a farm that used to be a citrus grove here in Florida. And it was the oldest continuously operating organic citrus grove in the state of Florida. So wow. it op- grew Hamlin oranges for 124 years. And unfortunately, those trees have all died as a result of citrus screening, which is a massive crisis here in Florida. So the trees are all gone, but this has always been an organic piece of property. And over the next few years, we are going to plant 25,000 yopon trees here on this property. It's going to be all certified organic. It's going to be all native. And it's uh, going to be really cool. So stay tuned for, for more. Yay, I'm so excited for you. What county in Florida? Like where at in Florida? It is in uh, Putnam County, Putnam which County. is about halfway in between Jacksonville and Orlando. Okay, so a little bit further south. I was, I like, I guess I was like selfishly hoping it was going to be closer to like St. Augustine or closer <laughs> to me. Well, uh, we're we're only about an hour from St. Augustine. Okay, that's and, not bad. Nope, not even actually not even an hour really. And if you're from Charleston, if you go down straight down Highway 17. I know you're familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. You just go all the way down, keep going, and literally you take a left off Highway 17 in uh, Crescent City, Florida, and in two blocks, you're at our farm. Wow, that is we, so we are, awesome. Yeah, we are actually on old Highway 17. Okay, wow. So, well, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it one day. And congratulations. Thank you. You are invited for sure. Yay. So, can you tell the listeners the best way to stay in contact with you, to reach out and connect with you? What is the best way? For sure. People? Well, visit our website, which is just yoponbrothers.com. That's Y-A-U-P-O-N brothers.com. That's the best way to contact us, to buy our products. We really appreciate it. We will go directly to our website. If you don't want to do that, you can go on Amazon, which is less preferable for us, but okay if that's what you want to do. All of our products are available on Amazon. And if you have prime shipping, you get them really fast. And then throughout the Southeast, you can find our products at Whole Foods Market. And in the mid-Atlantic and Northeast states, you can find us at Mom's Organic Markets. And out in Southern California, in the Los Angeles area, you can find us at Lassen's Natural Foods. Thank you so much. Go to Yo Palm Brothers. I'll put a link at the bottom of the show notes. And definitely check it out because you can even buy yopon trees on the site, which I saw yesterday. I don't know if you still have any available, but you nice. That's awesome. So you could buy your very own yopon tree from Brian and Kyle and family. So thank thank you so much for your time, Brian. It's such a joy to talk with you. And thank you for always supporting me when I was getting started. And I I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Well, and thanks for thinking of us. And we look forward to hearing more from you and your listeners. Likewise, likewise. All right. Thanks again. You're welcome. Bye-bye. If you enjoy caffeinated tea, I highly recommend purchasing some from Yopam Brothers directly. There's a link in the show notes. And please share this episode with a friend so we can spread the Yopan news and get more people drinking Yopan and create more sustainability. And make sure to hit subscribe because it will help us bring more brilliant people back on the show. Be well and many blessings.